0: Well, such a joy to be with you this Christmas. Uh, I know that many of you have handled and dealt with a variety of things, and I'm just so glad you're here. I'm glad you made it here, whether you made it in person or whether you made it online, because I believe the Lord has a word for all of us. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of the poem that is pretty popular around this time. It's called, "'Twas the Night Before Christmas." And uh, you've probably read it. You've probably had it read to you, maybe a parent or a grandparent, or maybe you remember as a child crawling up on someone's knee and they read this poem to you about the night before Christmas. And, and this particular poem is very influential in American culture because it really has kind of painted a picture of this guy we call Santa Claus. You heard of him? I mean, he's kind of a big deal, I guess. And, uh, and, and so we have a sense of who Santa Claus is really because of this poem. The other thing that we've learned from this poem is the importance of gift giving, something that is central to the Christmas experience. Uh, some of us love to give gifts. Some of us love to get gifts. Any of you like right there? I, I like to get gifts. I mean, I'm not afraid to admit it. And so, you know, it really is this poem that's influenced so much of our experience of Christmas. But as I was thinking about this particular Christmas, I started to kind of reflect on the idea of what would it really have been like? What was it like the night before Christmas? You know, have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about what it was like for Mary or Joseph? I mean, what was it really like? And so one of the things that we've been discussing over the last few weeks. And if you've missed any of these installments, I'm going to catch you up, so don't worry about it. Love for you to go and download our app and find these particular messages under the topic of twas. But one of the things that we've talked about is how in the world that Jesus was born into, that night before Jesus came into the world, there was a lot of darkness. There was a lot of things going on that were very dark and very dim. And Jesus came into that world as the light of the world. One of the things we celebrate at Christmas time is the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. The other thing we've talked about is that there was all kinds of political turmoil when Jesus was born. All kinds of issues, all kinds of problems, high taxes, bad leaders. Come on, do you know anything about this? And all of that was happening. And Jesus comes in, and he's not only the the light of the world, the Bible says he's the king of kings. And the Bible says that the government will rest on his shoulders. And so there's this hope that comes because of who Jesus is, the light, the king. And so just for a moment, I want to spend a little time talking about another aspect of who Jesus is. Because, see, Israel was in a particular place where they were being oppressed, where they they weren't seeing a hope or a future. Really, it seemed like their only hope was Rome. And that wasn't a very good hope for them, I can guarantee you. And so it was a pretty hopeless place. I don't know if you've felt hopeless over the last few months. At times, maybe you have felt overwhelmed by the things of this world and the challenges that we faced It seems like the hopelessness that they were experiencing in Israel the night before Christmas was similar to the hopelessness that we are experiencing today. I wonder if you can relate to that. I know you can actually because I've been looking at the data. And whether you know it or not, you're probably a part of that data. You're probably a part of some of these these, uh, investigations that the really smart people have done. You know, like Harvard and, and those kinds of things. And Harvard has surveyed all kinds of Americans, and and they've come to certain kinds of conclusions. One of the conclusions that I thought was really interesting is it said particularly around young adults. Young adults have experienced a growing sense of depression. Matter of fact, they would go as far as to say half of young adults are experiencing that right now. That's significant, isn't it? They went on to say that senior adults have been suffering under this devastating impact of social distancing and and the prolonged isolation. Researchers have even discovered that that loneliness, loneliness can be as bad, listen to this, can be as bad as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. The impact on you. Isn't that a curious thing to think about? That somehow... What's going on in here affects my body? And if you look at some of these numbers from the CDC, it's pretty significant, isn't it, the impact? You see anxiety and depression up. You see uh, all kinds of increase in substance abuse. Seriously, considering suicide. That's a pretty dark picture, isn't it? Loneliness, depression, suicide, divorce. People are, that were married are now having to spend way too much time together and they don't like each other. And the thing that's in their head is, well, we just got to make this thing. We just got to go. We got we to break it all off because we can't, we can't keep doing this. And then you add this dumb disease. This disease has been so destructive hasn't it? It's affected us in so many ways, and and, and quite frankly, I'm not sure we'll even know the fullness of how it's affected us for many, many years. The impact of being isolated, the impact of of being distant from people, the impact of not attending church even, how those things are going to affect us psychologically, psychologically, Do you know what I mean? You've probably thought about these things. You're smarter than I am. You've probably considered some of these things. Or maybe, just maybe, you've experienced them personally. And here's the thing that I want you to hear today. Is that when we come to Christmas, when we come to the night before Christmas, we get to celebrate something that is so important. Matter of fact, we get to celebrate someone that is so important. We see him as the light of the world. We see him as the king of kings. But we also see him as something else. And I want to zero in on that for just a moment. But before I do, I want to share a quote with you from Franklin Graham. I, I, I read this, and I thought it was very powerful. He said, while an effective vaccine could eventually help restore social gatherings and revive struggling businesses, it won't fix everything. He said, there isn't a vaccine on earth that can protect us, listen to this, from worry, depression, and fear. There's no vaccine for that. And then he says this, and I thought this was so powerful. He said, there isn't a pill that can cure a sick spirit. There isn't a cure for a sick spirit. Now, Franklin Graham being a man of God and being somebody that evangelizes all around the world, he's going somewhere with that. He's trying to get us to see that in this world, when we look at all of the CDC things and all this and, and the Harvard people and all the surveys, he's trying to get us to see that, yes, that's all important. It's something we need to consider and something that we need to look at. But there is something that we really need to look at. Not just our problem, not just the fact that we don't have a vaccine yet. But we need to look at someone who has the cure for a sick spirit. Yeah, yeah. Listen to this. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. I love this. It says, then Jesus said, this is Jesus. He's, he's, he was a baby. Now he's a man. And he's saying this, he says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying a heavy burden, and I will give you what? Rest. He says this in verse 29 Take my yoke upon you. That means take his, like, it's like an ox, you know, farm thing. And you put it on, and you look at an ox with that on him, and you're like, that looks like a burden to me. But what Jesus is saying is just the opposite, that, that somehow the yoke that you put on doesn't become a burden to you. I just have this picture of like, I don't know, maybe he made like a special yoke, and, it, and it, maybe it's hollow inside or something. And maybe he pumped it up with some like oxygen or some helium or some wings. I don't know, but, but he says when you put it on, you become lighter. You see it? Can you picture yourself putting on the yoke of Christ and just flying around that, that field? Woo, look at me. Isn't that a crazy thought? That somehow a, 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 an instrument that was designed to control becomes an instrument of life and peace and lightness. And so Jesus is saying, I'm that. And so your experience of Jesus today, if it's a burden, something's off. Hello. Some of us experience Jesus and the church and the Bible and all the things that come with God as a burden, as a religious burden. And Jesus is trying to get you to see that you're missing it. If you see it as a burden, you're probably trying too hard. You're probably trying in your own effort to get something done. And the reality is, is that you'll never be able to accomplish it because you don't have the power to do it. And Jesus says what? Come to me. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. If that's not good enough, listen to this in Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. He says his ears, his ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. And so he's painting a picture. There's right and there's wrong. And the people of God are supposed to move towards right. And he says in verse 17, the Lord hears his people when they call upon him for help. Isn't that good news? That when you call upon the Lord, the the Bible says he hears you. Some of us feel like when we pray, it's hitting some kind of ceiling in heaven. And that's a lie from the devil because it's not true. See, the Lord hears his people. When they call for him, he rescues them from their troubles. Come on. The Lord is close to what? The brokenhearted. I would even go as far as to say he's close to the hopeless. He's close to the people that are suffering or, or burdened under this heaviness. And this year has felt heavy at times. And he says, listen... He rescues those whose spirits are crushed like a grape. He rescues you. And there's so much crazy stuff that goes on in the Bible sometimes. But, but there's this image, and it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it's a hard image, but it's like God squeezing grapes that somehow in the crushing, God brings new wine into our lives. Did you know that you were standing on a, on a, on a precipice? of power right now, that the crushing you're experiencing right now, the squeezing that's happening in your life, the difficulty, the challenge, all of it can be used by God to bring forth new wine, to bring forth hope, to bring forth light, to bring forth a new uh, reality that we all need. There is, listen, listen, There is only one way, and this is what Franklin was getting at. There's only one way to find healing for deep spiritual needs. Listen, and that's Jesus. Jesus is the hope of Christmas. Jesus is the hope of Christmas. It's something we have to see because, see, Jesus brings hope into our hopeless situations. Matter of fact, Jesus is hope. It's not just that he brings hope. He is hope. He is the personification of hope. That is who Jesus is. And so when we look at that baby with all kinds of potential at Christmas Eve, we have to see that, man, inside that baby is light. Inside that baby, come on, is a king. Inside that baby is some hope that we all need. Jesus is that hope. See, 1 Timothy 1, 1 says it. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. Yeah. Jesus is our hope, and he brings hope. And let me just say this to you, all of you, wherever you are today, he's bringing it right now to you. There's hope, and he's bringing it right now. It is not an accident or a mistake that you're in this room. It's not an accident or a mistake that you're online right now. Because see, Jesus is working at Christmas. It was the night before Christmas and it was dark. It was the night before Christmas and it was difficult. It was the night before Christmas and there always has to be a night before. And the light has come. Jesus, our king. Jesus, our hope. Listen to this in Titus 2, 1 through 15. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So the grace of God, listen, listen. The grace of God that goes before. You didn't choose God, he chose you. His grace goes before you. Matter of fact, your ability to even respond to God, whether you've done it or whether you're going to do it tonight, is by his grace and his mercy. He's talking to you right now in your head. He's all in your head. And it's his grace and it's his mercy. And he's calling you to himself. Because he says, doesn't he say, all all, You know what that means? All. Did you know you're included as an all? It's true. And then watch this in verse 13. Look, look at this. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. In other words, he's pointing to a time that Jesus is coming back But he wants us to see that before Jesus comes back, he already came. And he came at Christmas. And that's where salvation is ushered into the world. And he goes on to talk about that we we are redeemed from every lawless deed. And he purifies for himself his own special people. Don't you want to be a special people? Don't you want to be one of God's special people? That's what the Bible says. Is that you can be zealous for good works. And so Jesus brings hope today, and Jesus brings hope for tomorrow. He brings hope today, He brings hope for tomorrow. Jesus brings hope at Christmas, and Jesus brings hope in the future. It's the greatest bookend that's ever happened. It was the night before Christmas, and there were all kinds of problems, death and disease and destruction. But on Christmas Day, Jesus came. The light has shined. The king has come. Hope is here. See, that's what I'm trying to get you to see. Now, I know that I've been talking big. These These are big ideas. These are big philosophical monsters to get your brain around. But can we get small for just a second? Can we just get small for a second? This is what I want you to see. Jesus brings hope in your hopeless situation. He brings hope in your hopeless situation. He brings hope in your hopeless situation. Do you understand Do you understand that it's not just an idea? This is not just some kind of philosophical thought that we all sit around and chew uh, popcorn and reflect and look at our navels. No, no, no. The big has implications for the small. And the implication is that Jesus is who he says he is. He's done what he says he has done. And the byproduct of that is that I can have it in my life. That I don't have to live hopeless anymore that I can be hopeful, I can be hope-filled because of who Jesus is. And so how do we get our hope back? How do we do do that? What are some ways that we can get our hope back? I'm going to give you some real practical stuff because we got to go small. we got to get this down into our life because that's what Jesus wants. Jesus has no interest in you just knowing stuff about him. He wants you to not just know stuff about him. He wants you to have a relationship with him that absolutely radically changes who you are and gives you all of the benefits, all of the advantages, as the Bible says. So into your darkness, he brings light. That's practical. Into your rebellion and lack of surrender, into your desire to sit on the throne all the time, he brings a king. And into your hopelessness, he brings hope. I want to zero in again just on Titus 2, 2, and we'll be finished in just a moment. Titus 2, 13 through 15. Listen to this. Going back to this. Looking for the blessed hope. That's Jesus. Jesus is our blessed hope. And glorious appearing of our great Savior, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. Look at this. That that he might redeem us. From every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. And then he says, look at this. We didn't read this part earlier. Speak these things. Exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. And so if we're ever going to learn to hope again, I got three things I want you to see. The first is, is we got to look to him. Do you notice that in, in verse 13? It says, look For the blessed hope. Jesus is your blessed hope. And so let me ask you this. In the middle of your problems, in the middle of your difficulties, in the things that you're struggling with right now, are you looking for him? Are you looking for the bottle? Are you looking for the computer screen? What are you looking for? Because, see, there's a big difference between finding the presence of God and being healed and filled with his presence than just simply kind of medicating it to get by. And so in the middle of your pain, in the middle of the difficulties that you're experiencing, are you looking for him? And all I just want to say to you is look for him. Matter of fact, look for him at this Christmas. Look for him this night. As you go home, wherever you're going from here, get quiet for just a moment and just look for him. And the Bible says so clearly that if we'll do that, we will find him. Number two is speak these things. Do you notice? He says, speak these things. I think sometimes what happens is we we leave here and we feel encouraged and we feel inspired and we're like, yeah, hope, woo!" And then we go outside of these doors and we never speak it out. We keep it inside. And I'm just telling you, the Bible is so clear that if you have a promise of God in your life, don't just hold it inside. Speak it out. Speak it out. If you are a child of God, then speak it out. If God says you can have peace, speak it out. If God says you can have hope, speak it out. Tell the devil to stick it. Because you have what you need inside of you. You have what you need. you got to speak it out. You have to take authority. You have to exhort yourself sometimes. And sometimes we do have to call friends and say, I need you to help me. I need you to exhort me today. But sometimes you gotta exhort yourself. And sometimes you gotta say, No, no, no. I am hope filled today. I will not allow this world to beat me up anymore. I will be a conqueror. I will live in victory today because of what Jesus has done for me. I will speak these things. Number three, is we just gotta have courage. Because guess what? The moment you start speaking it, somebody's gonna be like, That ain't true. I got faith. No, you don't. (laughs) Jesus is who he says he is. No, he's not. And see, that's why you got to stand and say, no, 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 no. I know you're coming after me. I know the voices. I know all of that's coming after me. But today I'm going to stand. And I'm going to stand and I'm going to have courage because I guarantee you there's going to be some people that are ready right as you walk out this door to start raining on your parade guaranteed, and some of you are going over to some of their houses tonight, and you're like, God help me. He's our wonderful counselor. If we seek him, we'll find him, because guess what? He has everything you need, everything you need, everything that you're trying to find in people and things. He has it. And it's complete, and it's whole, and it's good. And the Bible says, if you'll seek him wholeheartedly, you will find him. We all need some hope, don't we? And so I want to read something to you out of 1 Peter, and then I'll be done. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Let this be like a blessing to you. Let it be like a Christmas blessing. Just listen to these words. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his, look at this, abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. Not a dead hope. Not a hope that's just coming in the future. But a hope that's now and it's living. And he says again to a living hope through what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then look at this beautiful language. He says to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does look at it does not fade away it's reserved for you child of God listen to this in verse 5 he says who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last times guys there is so much in those prepositions look at them I I love that they even put them together. There's so much going on. He says, you are kept by the power of God first. That's pretty good power, isn't it? That's pretty good power. So when you leave this place, you're in the power of God. You are kept by the power of God. And then he goes a step further and he says, through faith. It's not by your effort, not by your power, not by that self-help book. No, no, it's through faith in the one that you say you believe in. And then watch this, for salvation. The power of God through faith for salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Salvation is available to all of us. Salvation out of your hopelessness and salvation out of hell. All of that is available to you through this little baby. See, Jesus is our living hope. It was the night before Christmas and Jesus was coming into the world, the light, the king, our blessed hope. Let's pray. God, thank you for being our hope. Thank you for being everything that we need in these challenging times. Father, I want to specifically pray for those today that feel hopeless They would maybe even say that they have salvation, that they know you personally, but they feel hopeless. Maybe you're hearing my voice on the other side of that computer screen right now, and that's what you're thinking. I just want you to know that that salvation comes to those that ask. And perhaps you find yourself in a pit, a hopeless pit. And Jesus is that salvation for you right now. The rope is being put down into that pit right now. All you have to do is reach for it. He could put the rope all the way down in the pit and you could just sit there and look at it. But he doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to grab hold of it. And so for those of you that know Jesus, I want to pray for you just for a second. God, I ask in the name of Jesus that every form of hopelessness that has bound up your kids would be broken off in Jesus' name and that hope would come to their life. And they'd run. They'd feel light. And the yoke that they have on will lift them into the air. For some of you are in the pit of your own sin. And the rope has come down. And you've never grabbed hold of it. See, the Bible says that if you'll just simply grab hold of it in faith, right? The power of God through faith that he'll pull you up out of that pit. See, the Bible says that all of us has fallen short. All of us have sinned and we need a Savior. And so at Christmas time, let's grab a hold of that rope in faith and watch Jesus pull you up out of that pit. Secure your eternity today. So if that's you, if you're here and you're like, that's me, I, I, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, I need one. I want to be able to pray for you. So church, we're all going to pray together. No one's going to pray alone. And all I'm asking you to do is as I pray, if this is you, just repeat these words. And as you do, they're not magical. They're just simply words. But God knows your heart. And so in faith, would you reach for him in faith, believing that this is true. And so let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, I believe your son came. I believe that your son was crucified. And I believe that he was resurrected. Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you wash me clean? Be Lord of my life. I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we celebrate those that are making decisions today? Oh, I love it. It's so good.